Yo, welcome back to the Winner's Paradigm Podcast. Today we got my man Jeremy Pope on here. We're talking sales, really going through role playing in sales and figuring out, hey, how do we get better closing deals, but also how do we build better relationships so we can be able to make more friends, help people live better lives, and you know, add our extra value that people are going to be needing in this world. Jeremy's an amazing dude. This definitely was a great episode. We'll definitely be having this guy back on. So before we get to it, go to thewinnersparadigm.com and subscribe. That way you can keep up with everything the Winners Paradigm and Alpha Influence Media. It's an honor to keep doing this thing. Appreciate y'all for tuning in. Let's get it. I'm not sure why they act like tools. Can't win at the same time. Sporting yourselves and scaling your business with me and mine. When the kitchen got hot, we kept it moving. Always room for improvement. You got the juice, you gotta prove it. Don't talk about it, just do it. That's what we like to call out for influence. Really ain't no telling what we could do it. Just a little bit of out for influence. Made it to the top floor from the sewage with a little help from out for influence. I'll either moving after color, go through it. All because of out for influence. Gonna miss every shot if you don't shoot it. Get you a little out for Yo, what is happening, y'all? It's Lundis. This is the Winner's Paradigm. Uh, I just want to say thank you guys for tuning in. I haven't jumped on here in a very long time, and I've been just grinding at the Winner's Paradigm, you know, and figuring out, hey, what's the direction we're going? What are we tapping into? How are we going to help people? What kind of things are we unpacking and showing people, hey, what peace looks like when you finally are able to get through years of trauma, frustration, pain being built up. So in order for us to keep this message going, I need you to drop a five-star review and a rating and let me know how this show's helped you so we can keep the shit going. Now, the second thing I want to say is um, go to myfitlife.net if you use the code Uh, TWP20, you get 20% off all products. These are the products I'm using as well. So I don't promote something unless I'm using it. Last thing I just want to say is uh, do fucking you. Do what fulfills you. Do what makes you happy. Do what's going to allow you to be able to get to that next level, to hit whatever it is, to be able to get over that goal. Because you may not be where you're at right now. um, And excuse me, you may not be where you want to be right now. But when you look at it in a nutshell, you're one day closer to where you want to be if you're putting that work in. I know it's sometimes we want to beat ourselves up. I do the same thing, you know, where I'm working on the business, working on the podcast. And it's like, man, I'm not where I need to be, but I'm getting there. It's a journey. So give yourself some fucking grace. Pat yourself on the back and tune into the Winner's Paradigm podcast. If you really want to fucking win, let's get it. My man, Jeremy, thank you so much for being able to come on the show today, brother. I was reading a little bit about your story and even talking to you prior to and knew we were going to have amazing conversation and really love, you know, what you stand for, brother, and what you're doing. Uh, would you mind telling us a little bit about you, you know, and what you're passionate about today, brother? Yeah, it's my pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, I run salescalloverhaul.com and we help people fix broken sales processes. Sometimes that's um, newer teams who haven't really got it together. Um, or it's a solo founder who is figuring out their sales process for the first time. Um, but a, a lot of what we do is we, we help givers who feel stuck in a taker process because they've learned some kind of a very aggressive, high pressure sales process from their trainer or a, a business coach or something like that. And they don't know anything else, but it doesn't feel natural to them. And so when we come in, um, 
we can give them a natural process and they immediately start closing better just because they feel like themselves again for the first time in sometimes years. And Absolutely. then the process works better anyway. And so they get a double closing bump there. So it just, um, it's a lot of fun to build a community around healthy sales. That, that is awesome, brother. And, and thank you so much, you know, for touching up on that. Cause that's something I went through as well. I got off the Marine Corps, went in home improvement sales, and that was tough because mm-hmm. um, one, I still have military lingo, and I was re- I, I was reactive, so it was funny. It's like I could talk differently in the military, but in houses for clients, I'm definitely not going to close them if they get angry with me, and I raise my voice too. So mm-hmm. I learned it. It's different in person than on the phone. Like sometimes I would do that, but yeah. one of the tricks I would do, you know, is just whisper to people. Like they're getting upset, just start whispering, and from there they're like, "Why are you whispering?" And then it totally distracts them, brings them down. So I love the way I like that. I like that a lot. Um, give them some some dissonance with exactly like go out of rapport with that action that they're taking. If it's an undesirable action, going out of rapport with that and just giving them a pattern interrupt around that. I love yeah. it. That was one of the the Jordan Belfort. Uh, I read his book and he was saying that. And then what's funny is I read uh, one of Grant Cardone's books and he said the same thing. He's like, it's all about well, tonality and that, that and, makes sense. You know why you would have seen it in both of those guys. Um, both of those guys have sales processes that tend to be very, um, well, they, they talk to a lot of people who are upset when you come down to it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's where I was like, if they're doing it, I'm going to, because that's what I ran into at Home Improvement Sales. And then I worked at a mortgage brokerage and um, same deal because we had to run people's credit first and it would be like, oh, it's only going to be a soft pull and people get pissed, you know? And they're like, I don't want you touching my credit. And it's like, Ma'am, I'm sorry, but as of right now, we can't work on any options for you until we do that soft credit. Right. So I understand that, but you know, the bureaus do give you 14 days when you first start shopping to be able to run it and it's not going to hurt you. And oh, okay. You know, so it was like one of those for me. So we'll touch up on that first, you know? Um, yeah. What are some of the strategies, the tips brother, that you give to people when they're trying to figure out the rhythm, they're trying to figure out what works for them and how to get their sales process dialed in? Yeah. Well, uh, one of the big things that I deal with is how to listen properly. And I talk a lot about mentors and the million dollar year process that I take people through is, I don't know, it's, it's simpler than people give it credit for. So one of the first things I tell people is, look, don't make it any more complex than it has to be. When someone tells you they're stuck, they're literally imagining being stuck. Now, you don't know if that means glue stuck or in a hole stuck or behind a wall stuck, but they have a scene that they've built in their head. We experience the world through our five senses. And the main three are sight, hearing, and feeling. There are fancier ways to say that, but I'm not a very fancy guy. So um, sight, sound, and touch, whatever you want to call it. But Um, In NLP, they called it visual, auditory, kinesthetic because they needed the extra syllables to sound fancy. But once you understand that people are building movie scenes in their head all the time, they can't help it. There's a very small subset of the population that doesn't do that, but it's like a 50th of a percent of the population doesn't just constantly build scenes in their head. And people are unaware of the scenes that they're building in their heads. And so when you treat it like it's a real thing 
and you join them in that scene, you join them, we say join them in that world, but that's such a, such an overused term, like people use it to mean a lot of different things. So I say join them in the scene and, and you speak their mental language with them. If they say, I feel stuck, I'm not going to say, okay, well, how do we help you get clear? Like that may not resonate. Yeah. That's a visual <laughs> metaphor. And they just gave me a feelings metaphor. So Absolutely. let's, let's join them in the scene. So that's, that's one of the biggest things. And when you learn how to hear that, th there is a lot of skill involved in listening for those and like, where is someone looking and what are they doing with their hands and um, all that stuff. There, there is nuance to it, but when you get that fundamental thought that a, you don't have to pressure people, that you can be zero pressure with your prospects and you can build tension from inside them, like a romance, not like a fight. Um, when, when we're, I'll come back to that a little bit, <laughs> but when, when you get into collaborative zero pressure selling and you're able to use the scene that is in the other person's head, that's all around them really, because they, they don't keep it inside their head. They keep it out all around them. Um, but when you do that, you get such huge just outsized influence in their world because nobody else treats their world like it's real. And so when you start moving their scenery around, sometimes even physically, there's one trainer in Atlanta, um, uh, two, Tom Vizzini and Kim McFarland, they're NLP trainers. They talk about the objection destroyer where they notice where someone's looking when they talk about an objection and they say, okay, well, that makes sense. If we just put that aside for the moment and talk about this other thing, um, it, like treating the thoughts as if they're real, it's huge, man. It's huge. So those, those are the two big things is look, we're collaborating. We're not fighting and treat their world. Like it's real, treat their scene. Like it's like, it's real to you as well. And you will get so much traction, man. I love that. Cause I used to be the same way, you know, mm. to say it fancy, you know, watching people's mannerisms, which is all body language. <laughs> so that's yep. what I learned there. But what was funny is like in, in the military, they used to say Barney style. And it's like, what does that mean? You know, dumbing it down. Yeah. But when I got simple in the process and explaining it, it got so much clearer because I thought the way I was articulating it was perfect. I'm like, I sound intelligent. And it's like, yeah, you do, but no one knows what you're talking about. So it's like, right. break it down to that level. And then you could single out that ejection and you know what, that's an absolutely great point, but this is how we can be able to get you through that. And this is why, you know, we can be able to do it. And then from there, you know, circling back to it. Yeah. So other than that, is there anything else, you know, we need before we get you moving forward? And that was one of the things, you know, my last company, I did that a lot of um, anything else or tying it down and oh, absolutely, you know, ideally today and keep saying those things. So they get those cues that they're not going to pick up. And then you're like, you've said it a couple of times and they're like, oh yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. You know? So love the way you say that there, you know, um, how would you say you differentiate, you know, from the toxic cells side? And I know you mentioned listening to them and, and working there. Uh, but what are some of those things that people don't know that they're falling into those toxic, you know, uh, yeah. rhythms that people do? Like I used to, I had a manager like that where he could just talk, 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 talk and get really close. But I was just like, man, I can't do that. And that's why my numbers are suffering. And that's why I'm not making any money. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not here to talk to the takers, the people who are just in that groove and they're happy with it. Uh -huh. um, they exist and their process is working for them to, to some extent. And I, they're not going to hear me. 
Um, the, my crew, my crowd are the givers who feel stuck in a taker process. And so one of, I talk about pressure in a lot of different ways, but romance is an easy way to talk about it. When you have a romantic relationship, you have to have sexual tension, right? But you can't have sexual pressure. We have words for those things, for people who do that harasser, rapist, molester, all that kind of, none of these are good words, right? But that's the difference between pressure and tension. And it's so easy to understand when we just put it in a format of romance or, or something like that. There's a lot of other metaphors that we could use here as well. When we are using, I tell people, if you're using a script that you wouldn't literally show on screen while you use it with someone, you're using an unethical script period, no way around it. Absolutely. And so if, if you have to operate on someone, if you, if you have to anesthetize someone and be the surgeon, I, I hear a lot of people talk about be the doctor, be the doctor in sales. Come on, no. get, off <laughs> Don't be the doctor. get over it. Um, but mm. we're not anesthetizing people and then doing surgery. Like we're not doing a kidney transplant here. Don't try and make it fancy. You yeah, can <laughs> person it's ethical work it's strong work you can get rich you can help a lot of people you know you don't have to be anything that you're not and so exactly. when when we have a, a a pressure when we're hiding things from people say a poker player is hiding his cards from that the last thing you want is for somebody to know what hand you've got right well why it's because there's a winner and a loser in that interaction. It's a closed system. Um, th there's a pie, there's a pot, and you're going to take the whole pot or you're going to take none of the pot. That pot doesn't get split up. You're not here to build more pots. Um, but most of the time in sales, instead of, okay, who gets what slice of the pie, we can just go, Hey, why don't we bake two or three pies so everybody has their own pie? Like there, there's so many different creative ways to do that stuff and you can work together and problem solve. Um, I, I just saw a little bit of um, Joe Graham's episode with you and he was talking about sales as problem solving. Absolutely. And I just love that because I, I resonate with that so much. But he, well, not, not he, but I, um, the reason that we are avoiding telegraphing our moves like in any kind of fight um, in martial arts in boxing you've seen this plenty in the military i've never been in the military but uh -huh. you you will have had lots of training around this kind of stuff but you hide your movements and you don't telegraph your movements beforehand you want exactly. them to be in the dark well that's because you want to kill them and neutralize them and that's just not what a sale is about <laughs> A sale is not about winning over somebody else. It's not about beating someone down. It's not about taking the pot. It's not about making them lose. This, this can be a dance. And in dancing, in partner dancing, salsa or cumbia or whatever, um, you have to exert a fair amount of pressure on her back with your hand to tell her where to go next. Like it's not these, it's not a light caress, like this way, my darling kind of thing. It's a like, you're pulling, you're pushing, you're, you're twirling. I mean, you're putting some work into it. You're working up a sweat. Great analogy. <laughs> right. And so those, those telegraphs, it lets people know where you're going next. Just like you said a, a few minutes ago about um, 
like ideally today and you start dropping those hints several times during the conversation until they're willing to start picking up what you're putting down and the, like they they kind of get there emotionally over three or four repetitions and they're like okay yeah yeah sure why not and they Absolutely. get the idea finally but we want to we want to telegraph what we're doing. We're not trying to ambush people because we're not trying to beat them. We're trying to win together with them. And it makes all the difference. And it lets you be a giver. Absolutely. And I love that there. That's falling into the next thing I would like to ask. Mm, okay. What do you say to the givers who are like, I don't want to be pushy, but they're a little bit casual. So for me, I'm yep. personable, right? And I use that, but there was a time and place for it. And I used to be like, hey, brother. And what's funny is I, I did, uh, I was selling memberships, helping other veterans with their VA claims. Perfect mm -hmm. case to use brother and sister for because yep. that's what they are. You know, they're right. service members. They're going to understand. It clicks to them. A lot of them, Midwestern, Texas, you say, yeah. brother, they're in, you know. Right. Um, but then there would be that one person, you know, luckily different crowd um, and I'd be a different person, you know, but sticking mm -hmm. to what, I, what I'm saying there is like, it was a great audience for it and it worked perfectly. There was those onesie twosies, like you call me by my rank and I'm like, man, you haven't been in the service in 30 years. Like I understand, sir, uh -huh. you know, and uh -huh. it would always be, it wouldn't be the people of like high priority. There'd be like one or two that would have that rank. <laughs> It'd be the people that were like uh, E4, E5. They're like, call uh -huh. me by my rank. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. Uh, but that's what I found funny. But for me, it was like uh -huh. being casual was like, I mentioned, I, I realized that the brother after every sentence and that, you know, was different and i kind of had to know my audience had to gauge the person um, yeah. so what would you say to those givers that are in that process where they don't want to be pushy they may be a little bit too casual but they're trying to redial in to be uh intentional instead oh I, I actually like drawing a really big distinction between um giving and taking or may, maybe pushiness i'm not positive i know how you're using that word but formality and casualness so that's I, a different thing to me I, so, so let me rephrase, um, okay. kind of like how some business owners, right. They make a service to help people, mm -hmm. but they don't want to like, like we talked about, you know, put the pressure on people, but in their case, it's like, they have a great service. They just don't know how to convey that message. Cause in their head, they're like, I put it out there, but I don't want to just keep feeding it down people's throats. So the one, the way that they communicate isn't as effective until they realize, Hey, you know, there is a way to market it. There is a way to sell it that's gonna make the process speak for itself. You, you said the, the word I was about to say there, market. Um, it, a lot of times in marketing, people go more wrong than in their sales. Absolutely. And so I've got the easy job. I help people with their sales and their sales teams and all that kind of stuff and our sales team in a day and, uh, and all that kind of like, get your sales team going. But with, with the marketing side, and it does bleed into sales pretty significantly, but, and, you know, starting to do podcast interviews like this is weird for me because people are asking me to talk a lot and my sales process is mostly listening. And it's it's been a big adjustment over the last couple of months as I've started doing a lot more interviews. And Absolutely. so it's been kind of fascinating to to be able to notice it from that side where I have to rebalance in the other direction. But um are you familiar with any of the the conversational intelligence programs where they record the phone calls of the sales team and then they transcribe it and they flag it for certain elements? Yes, so, I, I had um, a company that was like that. <laughs> yeah, um, Gong IO has a great newsletter about that. Um, they just they put out their own data, and 
they and a few others, there's Gong, there's Chorus, there's Refract, there's um, my phone system, Dialpad does it. I love it. Um, Zoom now owns Otter and Zoom can do transcription internally. And so there, oh, I did there's not a lot know that. of good stuff awesome. on the way for that. Oh, yeah, dude, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah, because I've used um, Otter and I love the way that it does it because it does it while you're speaking. And that was huge, like in a Zoom call because then it just gives Zoom, you everything. Zoom bought Otter. It. Yeah. That is awesome. Yep. Um, and they now have a native integration. So go play if you haven't already. It's fun. Oh, yeah. I'm going to check that out after this. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, so it, there's there's all these different all these different um, softwares now that are collecting data like never before on sales. And one of the things that they found on enterprise and higher level one-on-one -on -one sales and where you can get to the decision maker in one or two shots pretty easily is that the the calls that sell the most the salesperson is talking about 45 percent of the time and so i tell people if you're talking one third to to half of the time you're mm -hmm. in the right range but like keep it below 45 percent, and you'll be good absolutely so that oh damn dude i forgot the question um, pushiness and mar marketing, right? Okay, got there it. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so being pushy, um, I I'm not telling people to suppress their own personality. I don't think that's necessary. What Absolutely. I'm talking about is giving and collaborating versus taking and fighting. We don't have to be adversarial about this. And some people need a stronger lead than others. That's just leadership, calibrating to what people need and giving them that amount of leadership and that level of, of pull. But if you don't know, where I draw the line is in, in two places. Um, one is in, do the means justify the end? And no, obviously not. You're gonna have a means um, line at some point with with any processes Absolutely. i will not kill a baby to make a sale i mean that's there, there are some very obvious lines available but everybody has to find where their personal lines are like with a specific technique or how hard they're willing to push with a certain person or thing, things like that so that's on the technique level and then on the content level like context and content i guess you could say the content level are you 100 convinced without amping yourself up like a psycho are you 100% convinced that this is the, the right product for your client here, for your new friend, for this new relationship? There are all kinds of ways that, I mean, I, I was a clinical hypnotist for 10 years. I know how to amp people up and I know how to amp myself up. And I, I've seen the, um, uh, well, let's let's talk about Jordan Belfort for a second. <laughs> I knew it was going to come up again. <laughs> right, right. Like the, 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 the sniffing, the the what do they call it the boom the boom, boom yeah, yeah the, <laughs> like they talk about it like it's just okay getting in the right headspace but they're basically you trying to replicate a cocaine high in order just to be able to make it through the day you know and it's not yeah. necessary um it can be useful once in a while but if you're doing that a month into your sales career or three months into your sales career ah oh, there's so much more available that where you can just be peaceful and you can you can enjoy these sales calls without having to make yourself enjoy it. There's a lot to be said for getting in the right headspace, and that's important. 
but you don't have to artificially amp yourself up. And if you're selling on energy, there's a very good chance that you're missing what this person really needs. And they're, if you ask them and listen, they're just going to tell you. They will tell you. And some people are more excited than others, and some people are quieter or more formal than others, or et cetera, but they're going to tell you. And that's where hearing those internal metaphors and the million-dollar ear process really comes in. Brother, I love that so much because I feel like oh, once I got dialed in with the conviction side and yeah. like 100% believing in it, dreaming it, everything, you know, um, yeah. I would say the conviction, but not and, only conviction. One, one more thing, and listening well enough where you believe in this product for this person in front of you, not just believing exactly. in the product in general, but when, when you get to the point in the sales call where you go, okay, I have enough data to know this is the right answer instead of just coming in blindly and and assuming it's the right answer like that's a huge tipping point between high pressure and low pressure and being able to apply that standardized conviction you've got in yourself about your product and and the quality and the the value and all that stuff um but you can apply it individually to this person in front of you oh it's a match made in heaven it's just so powerful 100 percent agree and that's exactly why i said you know the conviction factor of that Yep. But what I'd say also was the mindset, you know, so it was the preparation. It was knowing yeah. it for me, you know, I feel better when I work out in the morning because then I can go into yep. it. I'm normally happy anyway, but it's just about that. You know, for some yep. reason, I always get that tough client first. So it's like either I want to go with a <laughs> tough client and I either want to be like half asleep and I'm just like listening and I'm like, yep, I understand, but you're a little like they're upset, you know, so I'm, I'm countering that differently than if I were to come fresh. So Love the way you said that, you know, and, and let's yeah. talk about if you have the tough client, you know, what are some of the processes we can use to better our nego nego eh, negotiation skills yeah. so we can be able to help that tough client out that may be able to have, you know, a little bit of fear, hostility because of something that happened prior to, but, you know, maybe we're asking good questions. It's just, they don't want to break out of their shell and then it comes into it. Boom. We have that one thing. We can move it, isolate that objection and move on. There, oh, there's so many good ways to deal with tough clients and tough prospects and et cetera. Um, one method that I taught a lot um, when I was training for a big direct marketing uh, call center company um, was what I called the hard agree. So somebody calls one of our agents up with a problem and they're upset. And so you go out ahead of them and pull instead of trying to push back against their upset, you pull in the same direction and just knock them off balance right off the bat. I 100% so agree. You've probably done this before. Yeah. No, I, I have. That's what it, so be, be upset with me. Like, give me, give me something you're upset about and we'll, we'll role play it for just a second. I, I have a good one right there. Okay. So I used to do this all the time. So when I worked at the mortgage brokerage, it'd be people like that. And it'd be like, they, these people, they're not answering. And I'm like, how many times you call? 27. I'm like, you know what? He's actually on a call right now. <laughs> like, we can absolutely make sure we can get back to you. So yeah, that's we'll, we'll play you basically it. did it right there. So they, they, they say, um, these people aren't answering. And you go, oh, no. Okay, let's fix that right now. And you like get cheerfully upset with them almost. Absolutely. Like you're on their team. And all of a sudden, you're pulling together in the same direction. And 15 or 20 seconds later, they are calmed down. Now, they Absolutely. might still be like high energy and kind of naturally rambunctious. Okay, fine. But 
they are like you can work with them. So that's one very fast technique that I like. If you're in a situation where you get a lot of people who come into the funnel upset somehow, um, boy, I love that hard agree. Just get out ahead of them and pull in the same direction so they know that you're really with them. Almost like you're a client liaison or you're like an ombudsman for them. You're a union rep for the clients. And so you're, you're all right, let's solve this. So you're going to bat for them. Um, that's one technique that I love. Um, when people are when people are giving you a tough time most of the time it's because we've been talking too much and not listening now if somebody is an existing customer or an existing client okay it could be several different reasons there like they might be unhappy with service or or something along those lines Mm -hmm. but when they're coming in through a marketing funnel or you're doing outreach oh uh, that's one. A, a lot of my clients have an outreach funnel and an inbound funnel. Right. That's so the inbound people, they make their appointments and set their strategy calls and answer their application questions and get on and they're all prepped, like they're ready to go. But the outbound folks, um, I, I have a lot of marketing agency clients mm-hmm. and they're doing cold calling to doctor's offices and things like that. And I'm just like, Those guys. This is a tough, like these people get six phone, six marketing phone calls an hour. You're not going to compete in that. And so making sure that your method is a good fit for the market, that's a big deal by itself. But when you do get people who are coming in upset or not on your side in some way or another, it is usually because they do not feel like they are heard yet and they don't feel like um like they're going to hear anything that matters to them like sales calls are only there's nothing that makes a sales call boring inherently like it's Mm. just you know part of life all right i want to buy a phone i want to buy a car i want to buy a house i want to buy you know whatever um but the reason that people avoid salespeople and ghost them and get upset and all these other things is because they're not hearing what they believe is relevant to them. That we've all heard the W I I F M what's in it for me. Exactly. Okay. You haven't convinced them there's anything in it for them. And it's probably because you don't know, you haven't given yourself the, the chance to hear whether there's anything in it for them. All you have to do is ask. And, and make it as simple as possible. Just, just ask. And you can ask in your marketing. You can ask from the last five people you talk to. Like if you're building a sales career, then you should know. You should know the big issues that your people have problems with. And you should expect them to bring it up. Um, but one of, one of the things that I teach, once you do know some of those, the five or seven big objections, I never get too hung up on how many primary objections there are, whatever. But once you do know how these manifest in your market, then you can start to use what I call the elephant in the room technique. You know they care about the price. You know they care about how long it takes to deliver. You know what else they care about that I can't speak to directly. Um, but they want certainty around these things. You're going to give it to them or not? You're going to make them wait for it? Or... I, I love talking about the price upfront in the first five minutes of a sales call. 
I will tell anybody who asks, absolutely. Right now, my sales team in a day process is $18,000 and that's it. And now for the next 45 minutes, should we even keep talking? Like, is that even in range? And if your marketing is good, if your prospecting is good, if everything up to that sales call to that point is good, then they're going to stick with you. You've got the right people. And if they're if they should have been DQ'd, if they should have been disqualified earlier, well, they're going to run away screaming. And that's okay. If they run away screaming at the five minute mark instead of the 45 minute mark, I've saved 40 minutes and I can go follow up with some other folks. So, I mean, it, it, there are an awful lot of ways where exposing so your hand. Let's makes- touch, let's touch on that. Cause you did mention yeah. that's a high ticket offer. How do you do that if that were to happen? So I get on the phone with you, Jeremy, what's the price? Yeah. Explain that conversation. Before they can ask. I talk about it before they can ask. Um, So if if it's something, and I don't do this all the time. I do it maybe 60, 70% of the time, something like that. But I never make them wait. That's the point. I'm never holding my cards back and treating them like an opponent poker player, you know? So... I'll say something along the lines of, because all my stuff is like, let the system do the emotional heavy lifting and you just be your clumsy, awkward self. You don't have to be smooth. Is kind of my whole thing. I'm a cheesy guy. I'm not a smooth guy, you know? So Sam, I'm, I'm not either. I tried it and it's right. like, oh, I think it's good. And yeah, it's not. <laughs> I, I stumble all over myself. So I, what's a process that lets me not care about being smooth? I don't have to be the wolf good chance i mean good good because i can't like he can do that and he's got the mindset for it and i can't do it and i don't want to do it i've got my thing that i like doing so Mm -hmm. the and i teach a workshop on this occasionally for a hundred bucks just to like get people in the funnel so everybody listening take this and use it please i literally teach a hundred dollar workshop on this but the, the technique it comes out a little different every time but around price i call this price up front and it sounds usually like, now, uh, Alundas, I am not the world's smoothest salesperson. I, am, I like dealing with this stuff, but I'm clumsy and I'm weird and I get in my head about stuff. And do you mind if I just tell you the price right now and then after that, you can have your sticker shock or whatever you need to. And then we can spend the next 45 minutes figuring out if this really is a fit once you know. I love that. You set it up perfectly right there. Right. And, you, and they'll you always, ask that question. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They'll always say yes. And then the, the back half of that is, okay, cool. It's $18,000. All right. Now I can relax. You can make faces or scream or whatever you need to do now. But I, I just want to check, should we keep talking? Like, I know that's a lot of money and I want to make sure that I'm providing value for you in this entire call. I'm very happy to give you information and, and help get clarity around this. This is called a clarity call after all. So that's my, my duty here. But um, like, is, is, this, is this even in range if we can make the numbers work, if, if we can find the value there? And then wow. they say... If they say yes, you are 70% closed right there at minute six of the call. This is a one minute technique right there. And if they say maybe, then you, you can gauge where they are. You can listen and you can like, you get 
the opportunity to have a very honest conversation about what their hesitations are. Um, and if they say no, then they just lied to you twice because they committed, yes, I'll stick around for the next 45 minutes after you tell me the price. And then they've, well, if they, if they say no, they, they lied once, not twice, my bad. But they would have run away screaming anyway. You haven't Absolutely. lost anything if they tell you yes and they, they leave anyway. They weren't qualified. You haven't lost anything. So there's nothing to be afraid of here. And sales, it just doesn't have to be scary. I, I love that you say that. And I have three quick things um, okay. to kind of explain that. I had a client right like that that I had the other day. And that's one of the things, you know, is like, if they're not aligned to your core values, don't work with them. And I had right. a client like that. I'm trying to get him on shows. And he's like, I just want Russell Brunson. And he's trying to like get me to guarantee something. And I'm like, well, yeah, I'm like, you can. But I'm like, two, I don't really align with Russell Brunson. Uh, my partner doesn't. I don't just off of his model and how yeah. he works. So I'm like, that's actually something kind of like him. There's another guru out there. I won't mention his name, um, mm -hmm. but he's just one of those people. If you leave his mastermind group, he will tell you the big F you and move on with your life. So mm -hmm. like people, people love, yeah, people love talking about him. That actually happened to my partner. And um, that was something I didn't know because they actually recorded four episodes together prior to. So that mm -hmm. was something I was like, oh, they're boys. And I mentioned it. And he's just like, yeah, we're not cool no more because of this. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to do business with that person either. So for me, you know, at this client, he was trying to get me to guarantee these things. And then I just kept asking him questions and I'm like, oh, and what's funny. And this is the second one I was going to say, um, there's a gentleman, his name's coach Michael Burt. If you're familiar with him, mm -hmm. amazing in his sales process. He just nice. asked okay. straight up questions and he's just like, it seems like at the beginning of the call, you were very interested in our solutions and what we can do for you. You know, what happened? What made you change? So I use that on the client. And That's I, like a Chris Voss accusation audit from Black Swan Group. I love yes. that. Yeah. So, so yeah, I love Chris Voss as well. I read yeah. uh, Never Split the Difference, but I, I have I two of his books actually. There were too many douches recommending it, and I almost didn't read it because it was all the wrong people. And then finally, some, some good folks I know started recommending it. I'm like, okay, fine. And I loved it. I'm so glad I did. Exactly. So yeah, same here. I got it re recommended from a mentor and I'm like, I don't know if I want to read this. And I did, but he, coach Michael Burke said that and I used that on my client and yeah. it came out that the reason why he was um, trying to use my resources was because he wants to start his own company doing the same thing. So yeah. I was just like, boom, figures it out. I was like, well, then that's coaching. We can be able to set up a coaching um, yep. in, in work coaching there than yep. having you as a client. It doesn't make any sense to have you as a client. If you already have the graphics, you already have the connections, right. why don't we get you, you know, coaching so we can give you the tools you need. And yeah. that client didn't want that because that's not what he wanted, you know? And I was just sure. like, okay, cool. You know, you already made it. Good luck on your, your move. Cause he was already doing it. Right. And, uh, the third one was when I worked at the mortgage brokerage, I was a junior loan officer, one of the top loan officers in the country, this guy, I call him uh, a robot because he was just so uh, like that, the switch. And uh, I used to freak out a lot. You know, part of that's from the military is they, they bring the stress, you know, so you're like the chicken with their head cut off. I'm like, ah, so I didn't really know how to manage, but this guy taught me so much and clients would be screaming. He just put it on speaker. He'd be like, Alundis puts it on speaker. I just hear the lady yapping. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I am so sorry. I made you feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? You're right. I am a dick. You know what? I shouldn't be talking that way. You know what? How could I be better for you? And then he, and then he would circle it back. He'd be like, so in regards to getting your loan done, right? how are we going to be able to get the documentation we need to be able to close out this loan? 
And I'd be like, what did I just hear? Like, she was just telling me she's going to quit. She hates you. And then he'd like, we're done with the call. He'd be like, okay, well, it's been a tremendous honor, you know, helping you. If you have any friends or family, you know, the only thing I ask, just get me three names and I can be able to contact them and help them out with their refinance or buying a home as well. They're like, okay. And then we're just like responding back. And I'm like listening to this guy and I'm like, how did you just do that? So love the way you said that. It That's what clicked for me was like having those conversations and being there. Um, so thank you there, brother. I'll leave you with the last question here. Um, what would you say to somebody right now that if they're looking to recalibrate their mindset, they're looking to find those tools, get their foot in the door to build that momentum, get that traction to get them prepared forward? Mm. Send us in a recorded sales call. And if you win, uh, we will tow it into the shop, show you where it's broken and fix it up on the air. Um, I would love to help you with your sales call. So go to salescalloverhaul.com and send in your recorded sales calls. Absolutely, brother. We'll definitely do that. I know me and you will stay in touch. I'm going to get you in touch with Joe Graham because I know you guys are going to knock it out the park. Thank you. Thank you so much, brother, for coming on today. It's been a tremendous honor, Jeremy. We're going to have to work together in the future as well. That's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you, brother. Sure, why they act like tools can't win at the same time? Sporting yourselves and scaling your business with me and mine. When the kitchen got hot, we kept it moving. With us, it's always.